Louise Bedford here. Just before we kick off with today's show, I wanted to let you know that for one week only, you can get up to 84% off a selection of my most popular trading education products available through tradinggame.com.au. Make no mistake. Your financial future is in your hands. So check out the audios, videos, and study courses that I have available at tradinggame.com.au. Now's your chance to develop your skills as a trader for up to 84% off, but only for the next week. Let's get on with the show. Hello and welcome to Talking Trading. I'm Caroline Stephen. It's great to have you company. Business is tough, so how do you get yours fighting fit? Well, there is possibly no better person to ask this of than expert accountant and celebrity Jason Cunningham. Jason runs an enormously successful accounting firm, The Practice, and he's a regular on Channel 10's The Living Room. He's dynamic, switched on, and a mover and shaker. He's also passionate about accounting and liberating people's lifestyles. Hello and welcome to Talking Trading, Jason. Hey, Caroline. How are you? Did you like that introduction? Well, I don't know about the passionate about accounting. Uh, I know there's a bit of debits and credits going through my vein, but uh, rather than being, uh, you know, as a CPA, I often refer to that as a car parking attendant. That's about how exciting I get as, uh, as it, with accounting anyway. But you are passionate about liberating people's lifestyles, aren't you? Absolutely. I that is my big passion, Caroline. Whether whether you're running a business or whether that business be a traditional business or a, or a trading business or whether you work for somebody, I'm really passionate about helping people achieve their financial goals and, in actual fact, liberating people's lifestyles. That's why I do what is, I do every day. Now, you first met Chris Tate a long time ago through trading. So I'd like to start off by asking the question, what are some parallels between successful business and successful trading? Yeah, good question. The, I was just going back to when I first met Christopher Norman Tate. Christopher Norman Tate. There we are, listeners. That's Chris Tate's middle name. Yeah, well, and yeah, if you think about it. Anyway, uh, I first met him in October of 1999, actually, and uh, at a trading fair. And I'd I'd started my foray into share trading, but really I was just a gambler with a suit on, and it wasn't until I met the great Christopher, that he told me uh, the import, or taught me the importance of sticking to a trading plan. And I guess that's one of the similarities between a trading business and a business uh, and a traditional bricks and mortar or a traditional business, if you like. And it sort of starts there around having a plan, uh, developing a vision or a strategic vision, and then establishing a plan to help you achieve or obtain that vision. You know, there are some differences between a trading business and a traditional business, namely around uh, two important aspects being your customers and your employees. And uh, Chris Tate said to me once, Jason, give me a business without any employees and without any clients, and that's the business that I want to have. And that's why he's such a successful trader, because he, he adopts the, the motto, if it's to be, it's up to me. So, All right. Tell me some of the challenges that small businesses face, because I know you have so many clients and you would see this every day all the time. Absolutely, Caroline. So we've been in business uh, nearly 18 years now. On the 1st of December this year, we become adults and turn 18. <laughs> and over the last uh, 18 or so years, what I have seen are some common traits 
that exist amongst all of us business owners. First, typically, most business owners only make enough money to survive, and that's it. And and this is quite uh, quite a massive challenge for business owners because what happens is for most of us we pay ourselves last. So what I mean by that is, um, you know, we pay our rent, we pay our staff, our employees, we pay our suppliers, our contractors, and everyone else gets paid except us. And, and whatever's left over, we take out at the end. And that's a significant challenge because we find that, you know, as our expenses uh, grow, so, you know, we, we start a family or we buy a house or our kids go off to school, we seem to make enough money to send the kids off to school and pay the loan down. But that's all. They, we don't seem to continually push towards getting the business to fund our lifestyle. Rather, it's business owners, they're funding the business's lifestyle. And I think there needs to be a dramatic shift in the mindset to help them become successful. I think the second problem, biggest challenge rather, is attracting uh, the right type of team members to people's organizations. Mm. You know. Common thing I hear is Jason, I can't get any good staff. I, you know, my employees don't stick around, and 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 there's some strategies that uh, are quite simple to adopt, challenging to to keep abreast of. But if you can adopt these strategies, then what you find is you get countless amount of key people wanting to join your organisation. So because I just want to jump in, I just want to jump in there because you have an excellent team around you, and you're very protective of them. Oh, thank you, Caroline. Yeah, well, we've got 50 employees now in our business. And when we started 18 years ago, there was just two, Rob and I, two lunatics. Um, <laughs> you fast forward today and there's two of us. And, and one of the reasons for that is that we, we're, we're charged with the responsibility of creating a, an environment that's not only conducive enough to attracting key people into our organization, but also adhesive enough to hold on to those key people. Because, Caroline, the last thing you want to do is get some guns that come into the place, but then leave five minutes later. So creating that culture of that environment so that people can thrive and getting people to work with you that are actually smarter than you is one of the, the key principles around um, building a good team in your organization. The, the third thing is then looking at the customers we deal with. You know, I, I remember when we first went into business, we did anything for anybody at any price. And you have to do that when you first go into business because let's face it, you need some income to pay the rent, right? But it gets to a point where you've got to make some decisions and say, okay, who is the type of client that I want to service. What does he or she look like, sound like, and feel like? Well, not necessarily feel like. That could be a little bit dangerous. <laughs> what are the traits of those people? And how do I provide them with value so that we've got satisfied customers? I'm going to take that back. Not satisfied customers, delighted customers. Those delighted customers that are going to refer, refer us more, more customers. And the best way, particularly in this country, to grow our business is to be referred to by a trusted source, yeah? We love it in Australia, Caroline. You know, there's a problem with your car. Go and see my guy, my mechanic. He's the best guy. Or go and see my doctor or my GP or whatever. That whole referral system is one of the best ways to grow your business. So by spending the time and working with your existing clientele is going to help you grow your business. What's one of the biggest reasons for success and failure in small businesses? The answer to that is simply this. Typically, the main reason why businesses succeed are the business owners. But also, a dichotomy is that one of the main reasons why they fail is the business owner themselves. So what happens is when we first take that first step into business, one of the main reasons we do that is 
technically we're quite sound at whatever business it is that we do. So if you look at uh, our business, for example, we run an, uh, an accounting and, and, and advisory business. So, you know, I was an accountant at Ford Motor Company and I was pretty good at it. So I said, hey, I'm going to hang my shingle out and I'm going to be an accountant myself. But then taking that shift from being the technician to a manager and then subsequently a business owner or an entrepreneur is somewhat challenging for people. And we have this challenge of letting go, Caroline. But to, the only way to grow a true business with true leverage where we've got, uh, we've got leverage of other people's time is surrounding ourselves with people that are better than us at something. And so too often I see businesses get to a point where they're going quite well, but they don't let go. You know, they don't trust the team members that they've paid, and sometimes we pay them the big bucks to run the business for us. So the reason for success and the reason for failure is often the same thing. It's the person that's running the goddamn business. So one of the things that we have in our organization is we have this philosophy around let us all operate within our genius. Um, yep. And so as I mentioned, we have 50 team members, and we have – team members operating within their genius. So some people are really good at the nuts and bolts, you know, the debits and credits. Some people are really good at managing client relationships or managing workflow. Some of us are really good at attracting new clients. Some of us are good at, um, you know, administration or being quite fastidious and organized. So we just allow each of us to operate within our genius, but also then we come together in a congruent environment. It's like that that philosophy that um, Stephen Covey talks about in the seven habits of highly effective people. It's where you achieve true synergy, where the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. And you can only achieve that where you allow people to foster within their genius. Does and that make sense or it, am I getting it, confusing? It makes very, very clear sense. And you at the centre of it, what do you consciously do to nurture your team of 50 people? How do you yeah. keep everyone together? Yeah, that's a good question. So I reckon I spend 20% of my working week working on mentoring our team members and and working on developing our our culture, our core values. So we started back uh, a number of years ago, and the first thing that we developed was our purpose. You know, it's important to be on purpose, not only in your personal life, but in your business Business life. life. And in business, we call that purpose a mission statement. So we developed our mission statement after our first year of business, Caroline. Let me tell you a quick story. We've been in business almost 12 months, and for the year, we turned over $60,000. My business partner and I, there was two employees, he and I, and after all expenses, we earned the uh, the enormous sum of $100 a month. So with our 1200 bucks each, we put in our business suits, and we flew off to Port Douglas like most Melbournians do. We fly north for the for the summer to get a bit of uh, colour in our skin. And we thought, look at us, we're flying, we're business owners, you know, and we've made 1200 bucks and we flew away to build our business plan. And, and we wrote our first uh, business plan and at the forefront of that was our purpose, which is to help our clients achieve their business and personal goals through proactive service and ongoing advice. You fast forward today, we still stand to that purpose. We exist to help people achieve their goals, business and personal. We do that through proactive service and ongoing advice. And if we can't live up to that and provide our customers with value, then we don't do business with them. So one of the key things that I do every day is remind our team members of our purpose and why it is that we exist. And that why, as you know, is around liberating people's lifestyles. And I have to keep reminding our team members, because I'm really passionate about it, I know it, breathe it, eat it, sniff it, all that sort of stuff, but I need to remind these guys, you know, six, seven, ten times what our why is and what it is that we do in our organisation. So 
it's very important to develop and nurture that culture. And is that something you'd encourage traders to do with their share trading business? You know, I've got a, a, a good client of mine who's been a client of mine for a long, 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 long time. I'm not going to mention uh, his name, but, um, you know, he, he appears on the forum and all that sort of stuff. And I think he had a dramatic shift in the performance of his trading about 24 months ago when I spoke to him about, hey, listen, the way you're tackling things is not the right way. Let's develop a business plan. So let's work out what your vision is, develop a purpose and create. He had a strong, robust trading plan, but that needs to form part of the overall business plan. Let's call this guy, I don't know, I don't want to mention his name. Let's call him Mark Bull for say, right? And so Mark... Mark and I have these, uh, we've spoken about this a number of times, we got buy-in from his wife, Gail, and his trading has turned around out of this world and he's performing outstandingly well because he's treating his trading behaviour like a business. The other thing that's important to note is often as business owners and as traders, we have this long-term objective or this long-term goal. The challenge is sometimes our short-term behaviour is not in sync with our long-term goal. So therefore, one of our roles is to help marry, if you like, the behaviour today to be in sync with what it is that we want to achieve. I'm nodding vigorously. Oh, are you? Yeah. yeah well, well, Mark Bull for, is, a, is a perfect example of what that success looks like. Let's go back to small business now. What is happening in the mm-hmm. marketplace at the moment? Are businesses making money? And the reason I ask this is because as a trader, the markets are quite challenging at the moment. Mm telling me something I don't know absolutely so what we're finding out there in the marketplace is that um, one of the biggest challenges we've had in our economy is we didn't really go through a recession due to a number of different reasons with the Labor government spending a lot of money and building infrastructure at school we managed to to miss um, the, the dramatic impact of the GFC when you look at America they went through and hit rock bottom and now that that economy is building at a really steady steady rate Ours is just quite stagnant, and our markets reflect that. It's just you know pretty much flatlining. But what we are seeing is we're seeing that the businesses that understand the concept of evolve or dissolve, so those businesses are dramatically changing and keeping up to date with the, the, the global economy and how things are changing, they're quite successful. So it's really important to take lessons from those business owners that are at the forefront and what they're doing is they're looking they're spending as much time working on the business as they are working in the business and again if I if you don't mind me doing it I'll refer back to Stephen Covey and one of those seven habits that he talks about of highly effective people is their ability to sharpen the saw and that sharpen the saw that notion is hang on let's take a step back and rather just being busy doing it doing it doing it doing it doing it let's stop and look at our business from a different set of eyes. Let's look at that business from a shareholder perspective rather than an employee or a director perspective. And so we're finding that those businesses that take the time out to develop a strategy, uh, revisit their vision, and then put together an implementation plan to help them achieve that, we're finding that 99 times out of 100, they're more likely to succeed than those that don't. The power of a vision. Jason, you have an up-and-coming workshop on this topic on August the 26th at your accounting practice in Parkville, Melbourne. Tell us a little bit about your workshop. Well, this, we, we do these uh, two times a year. They're called business boot camps. And 
this is one of the things that I really jump out of bed for because I get really excited. What happens is we fill a room typically with 50 business owners. We, we cap it out to 50 business owners and, and no more. And what happens is you've got a dynamic group of people with different views and different businesses coming together. And again, it's that whole synergy, you know, the whole greater than the sum of the parts, getting different ideas from businesses that are in transport to medical, um, to insurance businesses, to retail businesses, you know, hospitality and all this sort of stuff. And we all share ideas about how do we get better employees? How do we attract better customers? How do we charge more? How do we increase our profit margin? And my role is to facilitate discussion, but also provide the audience with some of the key principles that took our business from a turnover of 60000 to just shy of $10 million. So I, I, I use uh, the things that I teach people the things that we've made mistakes on, what we've learned, and the things that work in our organization. And I just love sharing that knowledge and just seeing people foster and become successful, you know, that just gets me really excited, Caroline. And where can people so, book for tickets for the workshop? Uh, yeah, go to our website, which is thepractice.com.au, and there's a link there to the boot camp. For, for trading game members, so tickets are $249, fully refundable. Um, so if you don't get the value that you were hoping out of the workshop, we just give you your money back. But for trading game listeners and, and members, we provide a two-for-one. So if you buy one, you get one free, which means you can bring your bride or, or your partner, your significant other. You can bring another business owner that you want and you can share the cost. But for 249 bucks, you know, I charge $500 an hour. You know, I think it's a pretty pretty cheap sort of way to get some expert advice on you know we run a very successful business but also some of the other business owners in the room and some of the other contacts and networks you you get to meet may it's life-changing and tell me just if someone was purely a share trader are they going to find benefit in the boot camp absolutely because of the parallels between running a traditional business and a trading business absolutely they'll get value out of it not only that, but we, we go into – see, our business is really focused on two things, Caroline, business advisory and personal wealth advisory. Now, business advisory, our ethos is that we believe it takes a successful business to know and help grow and then subsequently foster one. From a personal wealth advisory perspective, we're very much focused on helping you fuel your family's future and taking you through the five stages of your financial life cycle that we go through, that we all go through as adults. And what you find is they are both intrusively linked. So we're going to give some business advisory advice as well as that we're going to give some personal wealth advisory advice. So we'd like to, it's a bit of a life changer for us and, and we find that we really dramatically change people's lifestyles, which is what we're all about, liberating people's lifestyles. Jason will have to wrap it up there. Thank you so much for your time and energy today. Thank you, Caroline. Lovely, as always, talking to you. And that's all we have for you today, guys. Stay tuned next week to hear mentor re Catherine Roberts on her trading journey. I'm Caroline Stephen, and on behalf of the team, thanks for your company. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to TalkingTrading.com.au with Caroline Stephen. Make sure you are subscribed to this website to receive the very latest market views, commentary and expert opinion. Tune in next week as we've got a bumper show planned. Bye for now. The views represented on Talking Trading are general in nature and do not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Before acting on any of the information, consider its appropriateness in regard to your own situation.